The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here, back for another bonus uh, special, and we have two guests in the studio, not one, but two, yes, uh, And uh, because we're doubling the pleasure. And these guests are... I'm going to have you introduce yourself, young man. Mick Dumkey from ProPublica. <laughs> and you are? Dr. Ken Davis. <laughs> from oh, nowhere. Timeless. Yeah, I didn't know you were a doctor. Yes, it's yeah. Ken Davis, the host of the Ken I, Davis I think show. I always call you Dr. Ken Davis. There was this guy who was, used to be the uh, Iowa basketball coach. You remember oh. that? Yeah, Tom, Tom Davis. Davis. And he had a, like a PhD in phys ed. So <laughs> he, he was, was like, it was always a joke that my brother and I had, Dr. Tom Davis. So once it's I became acquainted having... with Ken, I always started calling <laughs> him Dr. Ken Davis. I am so, so happy that I have one of these just like really easy names, you know, Ken Davis. But there are so many people named Ken Davis that I get confused all the time. With well, like there's the drummer, you know. only you one Ken Davis. No. What drummer? There's a drummer? It's jazz drummer, Kenny oh, Davis. Oh, Kenny D. Uh, but in our life, you're the only Kenny D that matters. Oh, so sweet. Uh, <laughs> all right. We have a lot of things we're going to talk about. Uh, I wrote them all down. Mick, uh, I'm not, I don't know if you know what we're going to talk about, but we're going to start with number Baseball. one. One on our no, not baseball. We're not going to talk about baseball. Number one on our agenda because I, 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 I am. The game I am is really changing, up. Ben. You know the, the game I'm, is really changing. The guy, they're making the fun of me, but I am fired. I'm fired up about the you coverage of baseball. Talk about that briefly. <laughs> Heavy emphasis on the word briefly. No, just kidding. Talk about that. Well, what I will say is that. Uh, Sports. He's working on a piece for the Atlantic. He doesn't want to. <laughs> he doesn't want to pull too much with I'm going gonna, gonna to try to become be named an associate editor there. Um, <laughs> news. Listen, sports staffs, just like every other part of the news business, have been depleted of people. And what I was complaining to uh, my comrades here about before we started taping, before Dennis hit the tapes, the the on switch. Uh, was that enterprise reporting, investigative reporting about sports is disappearing as well. There's really only a couple places in the country that have the means or the commitment to do it. And I, I think it's too bad. As a sports fan, of course, I like reading the write-ups of the games and, and whatever, but you don't even really get good uh, personality profiles of sports figures very often anymore. So I think it's another way that the, the news business is, is declining. So this is more of a conversation about journalism than about sports that's I what mean, it was ben why? uh ben why now, is that now i called you ben first i called you tom davis now i called you ben i'm really really firing all cylinders here I mean, i'm just really interested in that as, as a journalist why are they are they chicken are they they're not interested in? i just don't think they have the as mu- enough people i mean yeah, you know it's it. look at how many bylines there are in each of the newspapers you can you can name they have beat reporters and that's about it. I just don't think they the local They're papers really have people. Mm-hmm. Now the Sun Times has made a commitment. They have a Saturday a full sports section, and I've read some good stuff in there. Uh, I would still like to see them take deep dives. Um, that's just what you know my preference would be. But uh, again, it's the same the same hardworking, very fine but hardworking, and, and very fine and hardworking reporters who 
you're producing an extra Saturday section yeah. as well as the daily content there. But so I just don't think they the can do it all. It's the same thing then. We're talking about just not having enough people to do That's the my sense of do. things. You just don't have people to do yeah, it. And, and yeah. you know, it's not like at ProPublica we've said, hey, sports is a priority. We really need to cover that. I mean, we, we haven't done it either. <laughs> yeah, so right. it's just not, it's not happening. Uh, so. All right. Now let's move on to Chicago politics, political news. And uh, Ken Davis, uh, you were in a position that few reporters, well, Mick was in this position once when Mayor Daly threatened to shoot him. Uh, and, uh, I don't think it was shoot him. I think it was something even worse. Yeah, take yeah. the gun. and yeah. uh, well, th- I think he technically threatened to sodomize <laughs> and shoot me. Yeah, I think yeah. That, it was he? a both and. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It was like, a twofer. It was a twofer. So at least this, this little interview is interesting today. <laughs> we're going all over the place. <laughs> so this, we're still talking sports. Yeah. Shooting, so, you know, so, yeah. so what Hunting. your venture into news uh, is not as dramatic as Mick's venture into news. Usually reporters are looking in and not part of the news. Uh, but you made news yourself. Uh, and I've been talking about it obsessively on my show, as I've you heard know. Some of it, yes. <laughs> Doing my Ken Davis imitation. I'll do it for you for right uh, So anyway, why don't you enlighten folks? Give uh, what went down. You were interviewing. I was supposed. You were supposed to be interviewing me. Uh, that's the <laughs> I part. Know, of the I story. heard that part too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I got bounced, Mick. Yeah. I don't know if you heard this. I was going to be Ken's last interview and last I had, sub- it's true i had said to ben there's no one i'd rather have it as my last guest than you actually ben and then it turned out to be there was somebody you know, someone. yeah man you know he let me know he's like ben you're the only guy you're the only one i thought about it linda and i talked about it we had all a list of people right. i'm like god damn d i'm the only guy and then right. the next thing uh ben Lori lightfoot agreed to come on my show so don't come around anyway so i didn't show up and Lori lightfoot showed Shows up and uh, makes a comment early on in the show about the fraternal order of police. Take it from there, young man. Well, I mean, it's all been hashed out, and anybody who wants to hear it has already heard the whole story. So I, I, I don't really have, the, the thing is, I have nothing to add. Well, you could literally say I, what she said, to, well, or paraphrase um, what she said. She said that she had heard rumors or a rumor that it that she had not had a chance to um, verify that rumor that the uh, police union was had told or might have told uh, some of the police officers on memorial day to sort of you know take their foot off the gas i don't know exactly how she put it but to mm-hmm. to let up and not not do a lot of aggressive policing yeah. and that if that was true uh, that would be awful and you know blah, blah, blah. and i responded because it just came out of nowhere i i wasn't prepared for it and and i just i just said well do you actually have reason to believe that that's true that that happened and Honestly, I can't remember what her response was. I, I was going to read the transcript before I came over here, but I can't remember how she responded well, to I that. think she said something to the effect of that she had it from a very good source. Yeah, yeah. She, I, yeah. I don't think she identified the source, yeah. but she basically yeah. said that it was, in her view... Well, I want to give uh, Ken credit here, Mick, and I think you'll agree with me. You and I have done a talk show at the hideout for many uh, years, four or five years, whatever it is. And you really have to listen to someone. You would ask a question. You have to listen to the answer and you have to be ready with a follow up if necessary. And if there's no reason to have a follow up, then you, you know, come up with your next question, et cetera. And so you actually listen to what she said. Well, how embarrassing would it have been if you had listened to her? How could if you how could you? you not hear what she was saying i mean it was it was pretty dramatic stuff and the and the 
question that I had asked, if I recall correctly, was I was asking her about, uh, I hope I'm right about this, but I think I was asking her about the, the difficulty of getting a police contract and and how, you know, where are we, where are we on that kind mm-hmm. of thing? You know, this is going to be very tough for both of you. Well, this leads into something I want to make you should address because you're uh, our at resident expert on criminal justice issues. Uh, in the aftermath, I guess the, uh, a reporter for the BGA heard your show mm-hmm. and uh, that triggered her, uh, Kiana, to write a story uh, as to whether there was any validity to what Lori had said. And it Mm -hmm. turned out that there was nothing of substance to support it. It was a rumor. She heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who heard it from another friend. Thank you. Uh, And uh, and so (laughs) voted very highly, far too high, I believe, on the uh, all time list of uh, great musical acts out of the state of Illinois. That is way too. That's a whole other story. Mike, what is that? was that? Where was it that? It was list? some sort of survey, wasn't it? Yeah. In the last yeah. year. Yeah. I, I'm like, Ario? I mean, whatever. I mean, if I, that comes on, I, I'll sing along with it for a minute. Yeah, for a minute. Great anyway. song to sing along with. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so. So um, what were we talking about? Yeah, I forget. Oh, I heard it from, it was a rumor. It was unsubstantiated rumor, uh, like the rumor in that song. And uh, it, it, so when the story came out, the, the Fraternal Order of Police responded by saying, how dare you pass on unsubstantiated rumors? You should be meeting with us and talking with us and dealing with the issues issues uh, that divide us, you divide the mayor from the Fraternal Order of Police, and they try to put her on the defensive, and she has responded by trying to put them on the defensive by saying, hey, if you want to come to me, you know you know where I am, I've been reaching out to you, and just think about this, Mick, for a moment, it all started because Ken Davis asked her a question on his show. Well, it uh, all started... Going back several years, yeah, I mean, I Lori serving there, on the there, police there board and that, yeah, uh, yeah. head of uh, the Office of Professional Standards at one point in time. So there's accountability history, task right? But you're right. I mean, again, since everything for me right now comes back to baseball, it's like <laughs> the Cubs Rockies game the other night when I think there were five <laughs> people hit by pitches. Uh, once somebody throws a, a bean ball, then it's like the other team's got to retaliate. So after um, <laughs> what Lori said on Ken's show, then we had a representative. Uh, one of the officials from the FOP uh, during the public comment section of at the city council meeting yesterday. Mm-hmm. Well, this was, we're not listening to this in real time, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. It was the city council last meeting. Week. It was last week. Uh, la- last week as of when you, June 12th, June 12th. Thank mm-hmm. you. June 12th. Uh, FOP representative came up during the public testimony and basically said to Lori, uh, mayor Lightfoot, you need to meet with us. Kind of uh, what, they, the statement they had said after um, Ken's interview came out and Lori pretty much shot them down again and said, uh, if you are at all interested, if you've ever shown an interest or will show an interest in reform, I'm ready to talk at any time. So, you know, hey, back at you. Yeah. So what do you, th- what is, what do you think is going to come of all this? Well, they're, they're certainly uh, trying to show each side is trying to show how tough it is. Mm-hmm before they go into these contract negotiations, which um, it sounds like Ken tried to talk about and we keep getting back into beanballs instead. Uh, eventually they are gonna have to talk. 
Um, it may be through an arbitrator, but they're going to have to talk. Well, this this is the thing uh, that struck me about the Fraternal Order of Police and its relations with uh, the mayors that be in the city of Chicago, and this is for both of you. Um, it's it, Mayors have always been reluctant, to put it mildly, to confront the Fraternal Order of Police. And when I think of mayors, I'm really talking about Mayor Rahm and Mayor Daley. Uh, they're, they're, it's almost like they're afraid of antagonizing the police department. And uh, so then you get to the issues of the contract that protect police officers, uh, police officers who have accused of shooting people. And that's the controversial sticking point, I think, that'll uh, really upset the apple cart when it comes to the next contract. Will Lori Lightfoot make uh, a hard attempt to remove the language in the police contract that protects police officers uh, who are accused of shooting somebody? Mayor Rahm and Mayor Daley didn't touch that issue, as far as I can remember. Uh, they left it alone, and they just, when it came to negotiating contracts with the uh, Fraternal Order of Police, it was basically how much we're going to pay you and a pension contribution. Am I right about this? Guy? Well, I, w- I was going to say, if you go back, if you wind the tape back a year, year and a half, uh, most Chicagoans wouldn't even know the name Lori Lightfoot. The reason that they got to know it was because of the Police Accountability Task Force and the very high profile that she managed to derive from all of the questioning of the police. So we have something a little bit different here. We have a very different dynamic as, as she assumes office. People know her to the extent that Chicago knows her. We know her as this person who has questioned the police. And I think it, my own sense of it is that much of Chicago, I mean, it's obviously very different from community to community, but if you looked at it as a whole, Chicago has an ambivalent view about its police. I mean, we're not we're not all anti-police. We don't hate the police. We think the police have very difficult work to do, and those of us who know police officers know how hard that work is. But on the other hand, there are a lot of problems, and she has identified many of those problems. So I think it's possible to say, being very optimistic here, that she has she has a rare very short period of time, a very small window that she could actually begin to inject some of those issues into the discussion. And she's not going to she's not going to throw that away, I, I think, I'm, I would assume. I agree with everything Ken's saying. And I'll just add that um, the the public view of Lori Lightfoot is complicated in some ways because not so long ago, and I think continuing up to this point, there are those uh, in certainly the left of center community who will say Lori Lightfoot's a cop. Her career uh, started as a federal prosecutor and um, much of the uh, accountability work she's done was from within the system uh, working for uh, the past two mayors. Um, and he, while it was in various oversight or accountability roles, there is a perception out there that uh, Lori is on the side of the police. And mm-hmm. so, um, and, and that's why I say that uh, I think that there is some gamesmanship going on at this point in time. Well, and it's funny, you talk about changing attitudes about Lori. Uh, this has been on uh, my, my mind I, uh, lately. Uh, people are teasing me relentlessly uh, that I've been uh, drinking the Lori Kool-Aid. And I've I've spent so many, the last 20 years or so, Mm -hmm. uh, Ken and Mick, as you know, uh, Mick used to edit me, so he knows probably my columns better than anyone in the city of Chicago, uh, ripping one mayor and then ripping the other mayor. Now there comes a mayor who, uh, I mean, to sum it all up, is doing pretty much what I would want a mayor to do. 
not 100 percent but i mean if it's I'm, been a good three weeks huh? yeah it's been a good three weeks i don't know what to do mick i'm like what do i say i think we should all just go to the old folks home yeah. now and just kind of sit in the sidelines and watch and, yeah you know and i turn to my friends of the leftist persuasion mick and i go you guys were assaulting her and assailing her in the uh the election and basically i step back and go, i have no idea what she's going to do i mean i i didn't want people were saying oh she's a cop she's gonna do this that and the other thing Mick, I'm like, I don't know what she's going to do. I have no I idea. still don't know exactly what all she's going to do. I don't think any of us does. Yeah, ultimately. But you're right. She got applause the other day for appearing to stand up to the cop, just like she mm-hmm. did the previous city council meeting for appearing to stand up to Ed, Ed Burke. Burke yeah. So she's coming in. She wants to show people she's tough. And I'm not saying she's not, but I definitely think she wants to send that But message. on the other hand, she showed up. I don't know if you saw this. This is the part I was talking about today. She showed up at a city council committee meeting. Mm-hmm. I think it was the workforce committee. Yeah. And she, unannounced, sat down in the chambers, the gallery, where the normal people, the peasants mm-hmm. usually get to right. sit. Right. And she, they, everybody looked at her like, what are you doing here? And right. she, well, I just want to hear the testimony. But wait, don't you tell this committee what to do? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the way it well, works? Yeah, that's a whole other issue. And, and right. you know, the fact that she had this exchange with the FOP figure at the council meeting, uh, this was during the public comment section, mm-hmm. as more than one person covering the meeting noted, usually when that was happening, first yeah. of all, yeah. that this the city council had to be forced to have a public comment right. section right. because so they never lawsuit. had one until yeah. what, like a year ago? Yeah. Um, and since they have had it, when you go to the meetings, they're all milling around. No one is listening. No one, right. The mayor certainly Much was not. The, the previous mayor, mayor right, right. Mayor Emanuel, yeah. was, would never listen. He right. didn't sit there. He didn't want to give the impression that he was paying, paying attention, attention to, yeah. to these yeah. uh, crazy people at the mic. And so she was not only listening, but you know, ready to fight yeah. back. You know, we, we do tend to um, rely a lot on these symbolism, these moments of symbolism. But when I heard that she attended a committee meeting, I just I just cracked up. It's like, wow, now now that's change. And, you know, good for her. I mean, that that's what do you mean. What, what, explain why is that a sign of change that she showed up? for? Well, it, it, it says Look, everything we're talking about here is symbolism, right? Mm-hmm. We're all we all live in a world of symbols, but the symbol is. I actually want to know what's going on here. And I've heard that there are forces that are trying to derail this, and I want to hear what it is they have to say. Instead of just picking up the phone, you know, in the back room and making a couple of phone calls and saying, this doesn't happen, this doesn't happen, and if it does, here's how you vote, you know, you, you shut the vote down. Yeah. No, she actually, she actually kind of enjoys the give and take of public debate. Well, this particular debate had to do with Fair Work Week, and yeah. the issue was whether uh, we should pass a law in the city of Chicago that forces employers uh, to stand by the schedule they set up with their employees so that an employee doesn't show up to work and be told, you go home now, whether you have child care, et cetera, and so forth. And she could have heard the debate uh, just by sitting in her office right. because right. there's loud. She wanted to make an appearance she wanted to that show that correct. she was on the side right. of, she wanted people to know that she was on the side of those workers, Absolutely. which that's what struck me. I'm like, yeah. it was Ram on yeah. her on the yeah. side yeah. of any worker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've been, I've been impressed in the early going with, um, her efforts to convey some of these uh, political symbols. Um, I, I, I'm, 
am among many who have expressed uh, concern or at least questions about, does she have the political experience uh, for this job? She's going in green, uh, not to government per se, but to, she's never been an elected official before and, and managing the various political demands of this very politicized job. Mm-hmm. And I've been, um, I've been impressed by the way that she has uh, time and time again anticipated um, sort of how, uh, you know, whether it's Ed Burke or whether the public will perceive things. And she's sort of been there to try to show everybody again, I'm the mayor, Mm -hmm. I'm tough, I'm going to I'm going to be in, you know, in this position and I'm not to be trifled with. And she's done it repeatedly. Again, some of this is theatrics, but uh, you need to send the message. That's the message she wants to send. And to, to dump a couple of gallons of ice water into this nice warm bath that we're yeah. all enjoying. <laughs> Uh, you know, um, there's going to be a there's going to be an expiration date on yes. this symbolism stuff. Yes. I mean, when when as as um, whatever my name is, is. that's okay. Ben. I called you Fred or whatever else. You called him Tom, Tom. Ben. <laughs> I, we've all known each other for so long. I can't believe this is happening to us. Anyway, <laughs> what what I think Mick was starting to say is that you know when when it finally does come to the point that some of these contract negotiations are going to get really serious, yeah. uh, it's not going to be so much. Uh, there's not going to be so much symbolism. It's going to be really hard fighting. All right, hold on, Ken, for one second. I have to have a little more of the Kool-Aid. <laughs> God, I love Lori Lightfoot. Ah, that Kool-Aid's delicious. Oh, this is also my J.B. Pritzker Kool-Aid. Oh, oh it's all... J.B.! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Boy, you weren't a J.B. guy about a year ago. No, I man! <laughs> I remember that show you did with him on the... Uh, you used to be on a radio uh, What was that station yeah, called? Yeah, yeah, uh, wait, yeah. What was it called? Nobody remembers. Nobody remembers. I think it was no, called... it's WCUR Fire. Yeah, that's what it... WCUR Fire! Uh, but uh, anyway, so I don't want to get carried away yes, and uh, too much about Lori Lightfoot. But I, on, on the note that you said, Mick, I got to give a shout out to Fran Spielman. She had a great uh, line in her story today, or whenever this was, uh, about uh, her confrontation to the city council uh, with the police officer who was there testifying. And she was listening to the public testimony. And uh, Fran Spielman wrote, Emmanuel always looked like he was bored or about to have a tooth pulled during these sessions. Neither did he engage, uh, never did he engage with public participants so before i consume too much of the lori lightfoot yeah. uh, kool-aid i do have to appreciate a mayor that actually listens to people and this is one of my pet gripes both of you know about this i loved i'm going to say something nice about mayor daly i say get what ready you will, <laughs> he wasn't wrong that's what ben's gonna say <laughs> J or R? Which, which Mayor Daly? Uh, oh, Baby Daly. Oh, Baby Daly. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, I always, I have this weird fondness for Jay. That's a whole Mick. That could be a whole yeah. show. Richard J. Daly and my. Uh, <laughs> you love the way he built those expressways, didn't uh, you? <laughs> well, love the way he plowed over those neighborhoods. Yeah. Uh, that's how you'd plow over a neighborhood. No, that's a mayor. <laughs> yeah. No, but Richard M. Daly. I loved his budget hearings. He had oh, those budget hearings. I loved the budget yeah. hearings. Lo- Rom got a, uh, rid of the budget hearings, yeah. but Mayor Daly, all right, the great Mayor Daly, <laughs> would sit in and listen. And, he, and, and Mick, you know this. You sat through them. Those were long hearings. They were long. I mean, like, it would be a... He would have three of them, at least. Yeah. It was like a south side, west side, north and side. northwest side. Yeah, northwest side. side. He had it at that school in, uh, not around, not far from where young Kenneth lives. And uh, th- these meetings would drag on to 11 o'clock, and all the, 
the uh, his bureaucrats, the heads, his commissioners. Well, I worked, you know, as you know, I, I for a few years I went to the other side and worked in the city, worked in city hall, and I worked for the Department of Environment, and I can tell you now that there's nothing the commissioners hated more. Than <laughs> I can <those> believe, <laughs> the, you, you know, all forty of them, like like the the, the Politburo or something, all sitting at yeah, this long table, the, table. the and last then, supper. And then citizens would come up yeah. and just be obscene and nasty and just, oh my God! But the funniest part about it, of course, was the commissioners weren't allowed to, you know, to oh. talk back. Yeah. But the mayor was, yeah. and he would get. I mean, I remember many times when he would just like he would just like get that look on his face and say what planet are you from where did you park your spaceship you know <laughs> no but actually if it was the best if you had a, a very uh, small but very important to you grievance with the city it was yeah. the absolute best yes. place yeah. uh to air it because you could be sure that somebody was going to react well, for instance there's a pothole mr mayor and did on my block well get over here, streets and sand. Right. That poor commissioner. Somebody at least appeared to be writing this down. Yeah, right? well, someone would come up to you. They would. Yeah. They would send oh, yeah. some. They would. Had, yes, yeah, had to go well, an aide. And let's let's give. Uh, Richard M. Credit. I mean, he understood yeah. how important this was. It was right. like you know, you turn the spigot, you let some of the steam out. Yeah, it was yeah, it was yeah. so smart. And um, and he did he did have it, people who followed up on those things. It, it was, was so he really smart. Understood that stuff. And yet the next mayor killed it. Killed and it like Mick, that. Mick Dumpke and I were at the, uh, the very la last one. The la well, technically, I, I once wrote that Mick. Oh, and someone corrected was before <laughs> <laughs> Mayor Rob closed the door and even responding. In any way, uh, Ben. Technically, there was one after that because mm -hmm. there was one at <laughs> oh. Malcolm X. Oh, yeah. You know, if I went to the one at Kennedy King, yeah, and then there was yeah, one at Malcolm X. Right. And so, okay, sorry guys, there was one literally. Hey, after. can I ask you guys? I, I've wanted to talk to you about this. I was at the inauguration, and I don't know. I know you were. Yeah. I saw you there, Ben. I, I don't was know if as you well. Were, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we were all there. I was completely and totally transfixed on the fact that Richard M. Daly was sitting up there yes. on the dais. Yes, he was. He he was never really acknowledged. I mean, I'm just in a perfunctory way. He just kind of sat and stared at his shoes most of the time. Uh, there were no references to him. Except when he was introduced as Except he walked when on he was the stage. Introduced. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean what a f what must he have felt like you know this was once all mine and now i'm just a footnote to history they don't most of the people out there probably don't even know who i am I it was a weird thing. feeling it was a weird thing for 10 trivia points who was everybody everyone who came on the uh, stage got to come with one person who was his quote unquote date <laughs> I didn't think he had anyone. I thought he came alone that would be wrong young ken no. davis his daughter nora Nora was there? Yeah. I they always say that. everybody goes so yeah, and so right, and right, blah right, blah. Right, right. And uh, yeah. so <laughs> for 10 trivia points, who was Tom Tunney's date? <laughs> Nora Daly. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Sarah Feigenholz. Oh, okay. right. I'm on a roll. Man, you want to know who else? You want to talk about? It. You should have. You should have been covering the red carpet here, man. Yeah. Man, that would be fun, wouldn't right. it? Right. You get a red carpet here at the inauguration. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mayor Daly, come over here and, and talk to me. And look what Alderman Tunney is wearing today. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Who, no, who, was, who was Alderman Villegas's date? Uh, Mrs. Vegas. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's probably right. Yeah. Got out of that one. Uh, our fact checkers are checking that one right now. But you're absolutely right, Mick. I don't know if you saw it on TV or whatever, but it, it, it was astounding. I would look up and there he was. 
there was Rom beaming, you know, right, right. pretending like nothing had happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like pretending like he didn't just get bounced. <laughs> and there was that moment. Let me just ask you guys this now. Come on, you're going to be more. Dim- why? Why do we always feel <laughs> compelled to say nice things about the people that are leaving, uh, even if you don't feel them? I, I, I'm not quite getting that. You know, I want. Remember when she said, "I want to thank Mayor Rahm for his years of service." Well, I mean, what, are you, what are you supposed to do? I mean, what I do want you to spo- thank Mayor Rahm for making it possible for me to be mayor? <laughs> right. I, I mean, for, for so alienating the public that they just selected someone they don't know. Right. Can we quote you on that one? <laughs> <laughs> I, great I mean, I think I think I think it's appropriate. I, I think I think it's yes, it it's is. a small thing to say thank you for your years of service. Even you and I, Ben, wrote. <laughs> When we were doing a story about how the mayor was meeting with Even all these millionaire I, donors, yeah. we noted in there, look, let's give the guy credit. He works long hours because we. this is a story about his schedule mm-hmm. and yeah. his schedule started very early in the morning and it went off until, you know, way at night. So I think you can disagree with the with the guy fundamentally on policies A through Z, but still say you know, he put a lot of energy into the job. Okay, thanks for putting energy into the job, making everyone miserable. I don't know. Say what you will about Mayor Emanuel. <laughs> he was really dedicated to his job, and he worked many hours, and he, and unlike Mayor Daly, he worked on Sundays, too. All right, speaking of Mayor Rahm, uh, I must uh, say that uh, Mayor Rahm has a new job. Yes, and, congratulations. Yeah, and so does Bill Daly. Yeah. All right, this, yeah. these right. two stories broke yeah. uh, since the last time either one of you were here let's talk about it uh mick dumpke it's old news by now but yeah <laughs> well it's i never think we news. actually did talk about uh rom's uh yeah well we talked about his his uh, job with the atlantic uh, his uh, agreement with the atlantic uh, to be a contributor they're not editor. paying him as much as the bank i'm guessing that's true ken yeah, yeah. um yeah they both uh both bill daly and uh rama Emanuel have taken jobs with uh Wall Street Wall firms. Street firms. Rom's Bill is for... moving to New York, though, right? Isn't that right? Yes, and Rom's going to stay in Chicago. Okay, yeah. let me do this if I Because he loves Chicago. Yeah, he lo- Bill Daly just wanted to be mayor of Chicago. <laughs> ah, you didn't elect me? I'm going to New York. <laughs> God, people. Uh, Rom, well, do you remember that the guy who ran against Tony Preckwinkle for Cook County board president the first time, the Republican, Roger Keats? Wow, what a... Within, wow. A, within a couple months, he had moved to Texas. This does happen. Yeah, this, it does. Man. Well, you don't have that job. I mean, Totally dedicated that. and want to run the place, or else I'm moving yeah, to another yeah, state. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I once knew an editor who's well. Anyway, let's keep that uh, <laughs> that one aside. Uh, but uh, no, uh, yeah, they both went to work. Uh, Rom will be working for what do they call it? D a Boki or a boutique? Boutique. <laughs> boutique. I have a trouble with that word. I just want to point out that. Uh, Mr. Daly was so concerned about the losing the population in Chicago. He wanted to get it back up to <laughs> yeah. three million, and here he is. Yeah, he's doing I know. His part. Uh, That's right. He promised he's, to get it to three he's million. He's reducing so the population. So I, I guess um, it just feeds my cynicism uh, a little bit, gentlemen. Uh, you know what I'm saying? The notion of public service, uh, the notion that we're all about advancing our city that we love, and then as soon as they're out of office, or in the case of Daly, as soon as they defeated. Uh, he takes a job with uh, a Wall Street firm uh, that um, 
I, he's in charge of what is he? He basically is the guy, the government, uh, and he, he's in charge of the, the part of the firm that's going to deal with government. So he'll be essentially like a lobbyist for them or a representative well, for them. That's a good choice, don't yeah, you think? Yeah, well, his Rolodex Very will come choice, in handy. Yeah. So, and, um, you know, let's face it. I mean, let's be, let's be kind here. He was unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> And looking yeah, for a job. You're right. He's right? unemployed. Right. Yeah. He, and the he voters was, went against him. He was him. checking his LinkedIn every day have, to see if anybody had looked have, him up. And, have we ever had a mayor who left to become like a public interest lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> no? no? I don't I, think so. Have we ever had, Harrison, there have only been a couple in my lifetime. Alderman so, who's yeah. done that. Uh, <laughs> All right. Now, before uh, now, I, you know, I believe the f- the former mayor of this is not this is apples and oranges. Okay. The former mayor of Milwaukee, last I knew, lived in Chicago. Um, uh, who really? can? Yeah, huh? I, I because I was on a panel discussion. This is a hilarious oh, yes, I story. I remember you telling me. This, I was on yeah. a panel discussion about the architecture of casinos. I know nothing about this <laughs> subject. This is back in the reader days. <laughs> they were doing everything they could to try to get our names out there and brand us. So I was on a panel discussion. I, I'm embarrassed. I can't think of of his name. John. John. He was incre- he's incredibly tall. Yeah. Very very tall. The Greek guy. freak. Although that's on the Milwaukee that's a Bucks different basketball Milwaukee team. Guy. Yeah. Very quickly, panel discussion with, with Mayor John and uh, Tony Preckwinkle. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. As we're walking out to go on to the panel, I, <laughs> I say something to that effect. And Tony turned to me and said, the secret, Mick, is whatever the question is, you only talk about what you want to uh, say. Yeah, no. man. She was a <laughs> maestro, was a master, yeah, uh, exactly. as we know uh, for more than one occasion. All right. Uh, was it John K-O-C-H? No, no. Oh. that's the former. Uh, nice work, uh, that's though. the. Uh, I don't know who that is. You know what? I could look it up on my phone, but I'm not going to. Let's. Um, all right. Let's just talk about Elizabeth Warren. I gave Ken an assignment. Yes, you did. Nick did not have the assignment, but uh, he is a political geek, so he already's done it. The assignment anyway. And uh, Ken, the question I want to ask you is one I've been asking pretty much anybody who walks through here: um, Will Elizabeth Warren be punished as a candidate? Because she has so much specificity uh, on her platform, because she has a whole array of programs in which she tells you what she plans to do, so therefore she becomes a target uh, for hit ads. Uh, will that will that come back to hurt her? Even as we say, "Oh, we want to know what our uh, a candidate's plan." Yeah, are. I've I've heard you deprecating her uh, and talking about how she's just this geek and nobody wants to hear geeks and uh, having twenty five <laughs> different published papers about things. I've heard you say. Yeah, that. I actually I'm I like her. I'm okay, but anyway, go on. <laughs> um, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, is it possible? Is it possible that something akin to what we saw in Chicago? could be happening on a national level where we're just you know we would really like to have a kind of a of a really smart person a technocrat a uh, a a person who has thought about policy and wants to develop new policies i don't know maybe the country's or some portion of the country is ready for that i i don't pretend to know i don't think anybody could but i'm glad she's out there and I'm glad that there's somebody in this crowd that is like every day saying, you know, I have a plan for this, and and it's and I'm not just saying it. Here's my here's my 40 page document to you know, 
And I, I've spent a good deal of time reading those things, and they're kind of delicious. It was a, we'll go through that, a, but it was makes, kind of a gourmet what's your, meal. What's your thoughts on this general topic? First of all, the former mayor of Milwaukee, to, which I was, to whom I was referring, uh, John Norquist. Norquist. Uh, yes. yes. How'd you, did you, oh, you looked, I looked it up. Oh, yeah. he, was, he was the guy who said that we should take all the expressways out of Milwaukee, wasn't he? I think he was. He was famous he, for that. He was, he was big he, on planning. Pretty, like, pretty interesting, like planning. creative uh, creative yeah. guy. Anyway, um, uh, he's not running for president. He's one of the few who aren't <laughs> running for president. One of the few Democrats not running. Um, uh, Elizabeth Warren, I think she's got bigger problems. I think uh, uh, from where I sit, does she have a personality who's going to connect with people? Uh, Ken may be right. If, if um, things move where... We want a professor president, um, then you know she'll be well positioned. She people obviously uh, speak highly of her intellect and command of issues, but I, I just I, I don't know. I don't know what people are looking for any more than do you hear what the he rest said? of us. But do you hear? I did. you hear what he said? I did. A professor president. Yeah. That in, the, in and of itself. Yeah. Is. A put down, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and well, they, it was used as a put down against President Obama. I mean, he had been uh, he, he wasn't was a, necessarily a, a full, uh, you know, a full time professor, but he mm-hmm. had taught constitutional law and, you know, his intellectualism was was used against him. Um, but in a primary, I, I just I just don't know if she's got I, I feel like people are looking for it's a personality driven era. Yes. And and so um I just where's the who's going to be that 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 figure uh, who has some sort of personality that people get interested in uh, enough to then listen to her or him talk about the issues. She doesn't, I'm not convinced. She doesn't have a naturally flowing, fluid sense of humor. She no, and she's she got a, She's make... got the problem, the Native American problem, yeah. um, which I know we can all laugh at. It's it's sort of a with all the issues facing this country, it seems to be a. Uh, you know, a pretty small issue, but the fact that she's going to have to talk about it again, I just feel like it's a distraction. Yeah. But so. see, again, one more time, we're not dealing with issues and it, it, it I, I'm agreeing with a lot of what Mick is saying from the, uh, the standpoint of viewing it as a horse race, that these are uh, obstacles that she's facing. And it, but again, we're not dealing with issues, and it's I just it just to me it points out how we don't really want issues. You well, know? you're I mean, just sore about that because you've been <laughs> pushing issues all these years, and you feel like nobody cares. Listen. Right? <laughs> so so you're here we have a candidate who's got gr- all these position papers, uh-huh. no knows them herself, mm-hmm. probably wrote them herself yeah. or edited the first draft anyway, mm-hmm. and you know I was like, well. And everything you're saying, Mick, is you're absolutely right. There's the Pocahontas thing that, that Donald Trump just dis, like to disparage anything she says. He just goes, "Oh, Pocahontas, what she say?" Everybody's ha. Ah, well, it's but. it's kind of a weird thing, though. I mean, which getting which aside part? the Pocahontas, Donald Trump, his his obnoxiousness, you know, the 14 year old in the White House, whatever. Uh, it's, <laughs> the the way she presented herself all those years as, you know strongly identifying as a native american is i I find it a little troubling i find it weird i find it weird you know so Hmm. again is that the biggest issue no but it i find it i find it kind of dishonest ken defend her 
on Pocahontas, uh, you know, it's like she did something stupid. Uh, everybody does something stupid. Every candidate has that thing, you know, or two. Uh, I, you know, I just frankly don't care. I mean, I, 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 I see it as being pretty much over. She kind of dealt with it. And if people are going to forgive her, they've already forgiven her. And if they're not, they'll just they'll be like Donald Trump. They'll carry it on forever. Well, guarantee it's I don't think at a Trump Warren election, maybe I'm about to say I may disagree with it by the time I'm done saying it, which has been known to happen to me, Mick. Yes. I want to make one of my favorite pronouncements. But in a Trump Warren election, if it were to come to that. I don't believe a vote would be swung one way or the other because of the issue of whether or not she has any uh, Native American ancestors. I believe that you're either fundamentally against what she represents or you're fundamentally for what she represents and that's what it's going to come down to. That's going to be true. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I don't disagree. I don't think people are going to be voting on that issue, of course, but, uh, you do the Democrats need someone people see as as likable and an inspiring figure. I just think I, I don't know why you guys because I I certainly respect her uh, all the work she does to and she be so smart and up to speed on the issues. Uh, she doesn't click with me either. I mean I I don't know why. What can you say? Um, well, as so. as we're speaking about a week ago. For the first time uh, on a couple of national polls, she actually moved into second place. She's she's. Uh, mm crawled up over over bernie, uh, bernie. Well, what yeah. are some of your favorite issues there well, you, have, you did the homework you might no, well put i mean I, I don't i don't want to do my book can i do my book report now uh, ken himself brought a position paper right, right. my position paper. Uh, <laughs> is that the agreement with mexico ken are you waving that in front of our Take very eyes <laughs> it's no it's joe mccarthy's well, list of communists uh, in the state you know department the problem is this camera's low fidelity it won't, oh, yeah. it won't pick it up yeah so, Oh, yeah. um, it's not even on now. Oh, it's not. Yeah, bonus um, time, no camera. Bonus time. Well, there are four or five really central issues that she is attacking head on that mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Climate change is number one for yeah. me. And I mean, her, her approach to climate change to me is like, it, it's just, I, I hear the angels singing when I'm reading it. Um, obviously protecting choice, a major thing. And just to detour on that for a moment, she's the one who introduced the idea of passing federal laws that parallel the, the Roe v. Wade yes. pronouncement from the mm-hmm. Supreme Court. And that is a, that's a very daring and I would say intelligent approach to this. Let's just make a law mm-hmm. and, and have it be the law instead of what we're facing now is we all know Roe v. Wade is going to fall. It's going to fall in the next probably six or eight months. Mm-hmm. And then we're just going to have this Hunger Games situation yeah. of states that have it and don't. And we're going to fight with each other about it forever. I think that's, a, I think that's an intelligent um, way of doing it, not just hoping that Kavanaugh, you know, is going to wake up one morning and respect <laughs> the constitutional right, right? Or, or Roberts will flip. Or Roberts That's will, more yeah, likely. Right. If they're smart, they'll yeah. wait till after the election to uh, to overturn. Yes, Roe they are. Wade. They are. They being the yeah. Supreme Court justices and yeah. or you yeah, know. Yeah, the people trying to put these cases in the pipeline for mm-hmm. the Supreme Court because right. both sides want to use this as a rallying point. Actually, let me think the, the, the calendar. Let's think the calendar through here. 
Uh, no, it would be probably at this time a year from now. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Because and they would have to take it up yeah. in the season, right. uh, and then the rulings right. come out in the spring and summer. Yes, so right. it would First be Monday, it October. would be right in the middle. I don't think it's going to happen. So they won't. No. They won't. That's right. I, I hadn't thought about that. You're, you're they're they're going right. to use it as a way to try to get people out, though. The way yeah. the reason many people voted for Donald Trump was mm-hmm. over Roe v. Wade right, or right. Supreme Court uh, nomination. And by and, the way, so. without getting too depressing about this, I've had a conversation with a couple of very good friends of mine in the last couple of days where I say, I must tell you that I honestly am very hard pressed to see a way that Donald Trump doesn't get reelected. I mean, I don't care which scenario you. But you predicted he was going to win. I've said it. I've said it all along. But part of part of why is I think because of abortion and the fact that yeah he has this he has this locked in thirty eight percent thirty nine forty percent whatever it is and everybody says well see you can't win with that well yes you can when there's like. Eight to ten percent. I'm just making this up as I go along, but there's probably eight to ten percent of just downright nasty, racist, bigoted people who don't talk to pollsters and wouldn't tell them the truth if they did talk to a pollster. And they're going to vote for Trump. And they are much more solidified now than they were before. And you add another five or six percent of people who are going to flip to him because they were kind of, you know, they were kind of uh, anti-abortion all along. And that case has been made and they want to get on that train. Hmm. So these are the things that I think we're up against if we are anti-Trump. I think I think Trump got pretty close to 50% now and I don't think it's going to change but but I can't I can't back that up that's just I'm just You're gassing just, on uh, I think he's already got the anti-abortionist that's not going to change I think it all depends on whether he uh, talks this country into uh, an economic downturn um, yeah. and uh, you know what the imp- the lingering impacts of the the tariffs and the trade wars and the threats and uh, what that has on the economy. I think that'll have a big... If the farmers turn on him. The farmers turn on they, You know, what has he done for them? Yeah. What, is he, what has he delivered for, for no, yeah. these people? Young Kenneth, I understand. I, I know you long enough. You're speaking from paranoia now. And you're not a, a, a sports fan. But I'm going to tell you, when I listen to you talk about uh, Donald John Trump and uh, like what you're predicting, man. his <laughs> impending re-election, you sound like every fatalistic... Cub fan, Bulls fan, Bears fan, I know, who the Bears have a lead in the third quarter, Mm -hmm. and they're already seeing things that... for them, predict doom. <laughs> They're, oh, this is happening, and you watch. There's Nick no knows way the type because he is a sports fan right. and he's a Northwestern fan. Yeah. So, so you, I am one you, of those. Yeah, people. you know what? You're going into the fourth quarter. I've and seen you Donald, know. the equivalent of Donald Trump get elected yeah. over and over, over and over again. Stadium. You know he's going to go to the running game or too soon, or That's go to right. the pass game too soon. He's going to do something. Fitzgerald, the, co- the coach. And so you're just speaking from paranoia. I, you sounded so learned why you said it but when I was listening to it I was like you sound like every Northwestern football <laughs> fan who is absolutely sure that the yeah. Wildcats are going to blow another I, fourth quarter lead I, I can't I can't get I can't get out from under it no, I'm just I, I'm just convinced of it I just I guess I'm gonna have to go here in a minute and let you guys finish up but I I just I 
agree with what you're saying, Ken. I think many people share the same fear. Um, and it's hard to imagine Donald Trump being beaten by an unnamed opponent. We, mm-hmm. there, there is no Democrat yeah, yeah. who he's running against right now. There's, I don't know, how many are there? 14 or whatever? No, it was, was 23, I think. Uh, it was 20, 14 was the number of people running for mayor, yeah, right? right, right. Um, so we've exceeded that. I, once there's a candidate or it starts to get winnowed down a little bit, I think the race will be uh, it'll start to shape up. We'll see what issues emerge. Um, but last time around, Hillary Clinton, a lot of people sat that one out. They thought she had it in the bag. They didn't like the history of the Clintons. They didn't like Hillary personally. Now they've seen who is in the White House and what the stakes are. Maybe I'm being naive, but I think a lot of people will, uh, even if it's not their first choice, they will vote just to vote against Donald Trump. I agree with young McDumkey. 100 percent really a hundred hundred percent uh i agree just with said, him about 71 <laughs> percent. well but, what but he just said is so true yeah. and uh there's there's people been waiting four years for this moment uh They've been, there's people waiting four years to reelect him too yeah but i think the, first of all the last time i'm just going to point out you said he's got 50 percent. he didn't get 50 percent last time my friend I know, but he's got it now and he's uh, close. no <laughs> <laughs> anyway this will be a conversation we can have yeah. for the next year young kenneth davis i, I also to... think maybe part of my thing is that i have to just keep people uh, i have to keep people paranoid i have to keep saying this it's like it's like it's not a bad like, you predicted yeah that, uh, he was going to win the trumps are coming you predicted he was going to win at the hideout right yeah the sure. question what was it was october of 2016 yeah, it was i, I try I not said, to remember i, yeah, I asked yeah. the question yes the kellyanne conway when he question. wins will kellyanne conway be his public relations yeah and everybody gasped what are you talking about yeah. davis you don't know anything and it turns out you were right that are is, you depressed about sarah sanders losing her job no <laughs> i we were we were joking about that i i offered i suggested that uh sue sedlowski garza take the job <laughs> she, she told me what i could do with that suggestion. Oh, you talking about this lady? And so the fifth reporter, like the first four, now paid nothing. He had a 100% saving. Okay. The sixth... All right. Yeah, Say way. what you will about Sarah Sanders. She gave good tape. She gave good tape. That is Ken Davis, McDumkey from ProPublica here as well. Thank you, gentlemen, for a wonderful bonus segment. Take care, everybody. Percent saving. The ninth now paid 14 instead of 18, which was a 22% saving. And the tenth now paid $49 instead of $59, a 16% saving. Why? Why? If you Why? have T Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T Mobile prioritizes certain T Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 